As we go through the draft and as you try to fill your needs, it all goes on feel and it all goes on instinct uh, on how you manipulate uh, the board on draft day. We've been waiting for so long at this point to find out what it's going to be and, and it's, it is a fascinating time of year too because they're in a good spot and uh, got a lot of options and flexibility. What is going on, Vikings fans? Welcome to episode number 90 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It is the NFL Draft Preview Show presented by our good friends at Hy-Vee. Throw out your mock drafts because it is the real deal. It's finally here. We are super excited. I have Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson alongside producer Jay Nelson, and we have some good content for you today as we get set just 24 hours before the draft is when we are recording. We have a good guest this week. It's Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune. Uh, he just does an absolutely outstanding job covering the team for a bunch of years now. Uh, has done some research and, and some work talking to coaches, talking to executives. Uh, he brings a lot of insight later on in the show. And of course, we're going to cover the draft preview press conference with Vikings general manager Rick Spielman. Uh, Jay has cut up a nice clip from that press conference. It was over 30 minutes long. We have about five minutes from that uh, to sum it all up for you. And with that, I bring in Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson. I know how excited he is for this draft. It is his second with the Vikings uh, this year. I know you are just as excited as you were for the first one as you are for this one. Yeah, the these draft like the draft never gets old. So it's one of those things where if, if if you don't if you don't love this time of the year, you're probably in the wrong business. And um I'm gonna be busy all weekend and I'm excited about it. And this is probably the only time I'm ever excited to do about twenty different things in three days. So I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to be able to see who the, the newest Viking member or Viking player is gonna be. I feel like that's I mean, this is the most optimistic time of the year. I mean, we've done all of our talking. Um, I put out a, a tweet yesterday talking about how many PFF mock drafts uh, that Vikings fans selected. Um, basically, they were, you know, assume playing the Rick Spillman role, and there were over seven hundred and twenty thousand people that wanted to be Rick this offseason. So um, let's 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 get to it, man. I'm I'm excited. Rick is certainly the man of the uh, of the weekend. I, everyone wants to know what he's going to do. He doesn't really tell you too much. Jay, you've been around for much longer than Gabe and I, and you've seen what Rick Spielman does in the draft. Do you think his Trader Rick uh, title will be shown off in this year's draft? It's always shown off every single year. There's always <laughs> movement. That's Honestly, I think that's one of the things that the Vikings fans love. I know that the, the opinions are always move up, move up, move up, but it always turns into move smartly uh, in order to try to accumulate more picks. And, you know, one thing that we've seen over the years is that they've been smart in grabbing people that they have rated higher on their board, but strategically feel like they're going to fall to them at a, at a later, later time. And yeah, there's definitely been times where they've had people slated that they thought they could slide through that it didn't work out, but um, it just feels like more often than not, you know, all of the the mocks, like all the mocks you guys are talking about doing, they do the same kind of thing within the draft room, but for real. And and yeah. just the hours and hours and hours of all the the um, scout staff and the analytics and everything that goes into this. Um, Rick is always 
super smart and, and being able to promote guys like Jamal Stevenson and, and Rob Brzezinski and Scott Kuhn and some of these different uh, people behind the scenes that help set this up. So this is, this is what they game for, for six months a year. It finally comes down to this one weekend and just hopefully all the scenarios that they have slated actually happen. So this is why it's a lot of fun for not only us as fans, but for them in the front office to make it work. Yeah, this is their Super Bowl, as Rick Spillman says it. And, you know, the playoff push was the January through March time. And now this is the last push before, you know, holding up that draft A-plus trophy. So this this will be fun for those guys also. Well, we know Rick Spielman just gives away every single secret about what he's going to do at the pre-draft <laughs> press conference, um, which was held. He told you to? <laughs> That's what Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune tries to get out of him. So, well, let's take a listen to Rick Spielman's press conference, which took place on Tuesday afternoon as he gets ready for the 2021 NFL Draft. Because you've had 8, 10, 12 picks over the, the past few years, is this maybe a year to look at uh, a quality over quantity? I mean, just really going after the players that you earmarked that could help the team right away? Yeah, I, I think, Joe, there's a couple. You have to look at it. Uh, every year is different. You know, last year... The philosophy was we were able to land players that we still coveted and we were able to move back and we didn't know how college free agency was going to work because it was all virtual last year. So we took sixth and seventh rounders and as many as we had, we used that as our college free agency so we didn't have to compete afterwards. This year, uh, it's a little different. I don't think there is as many players. I don't want to name stats because uh, I don't want to be wrong, but I know there's a significantly less amount of players in this draft because a lot of guys opted to go back to school. You know, a lot of the smaller schools are still playing right now and those players went back to school. So you look at the draft board and you see, okay, one position, you know, if you have 600 guys on your draft board, well, I can tell you, I'm not going to tell you the position, one position has 100 of those 600. There's other positions um, that maybe have 15 on our front board. So uh, as we go through the draft and as we're doing our draft planning and as you try to fill your needs, you have to understand also the depth of the draft at each position. And it may be a situation this year because of less quality, but we're trying to fill a need and we want to go up and get a guy that can help us. We will definitely potentially look at that. Uh, but also I'm not going to rule out like we have in the past, if there are players that we covet and we can trade back, you know, an example was a couple years ago, I think in the third round, we really uh, honed ourselves in on Alexander Madison, and we were able to tr trade back two or three times, still land uh, Maddie, and then be able to accumulate picks in the, in the third day. So it's, it all goes on feel and it all goes on instinct. Uh, on how you manipulate uh, the board on draft day. You know, the, the other opposite was when Dalvin Cook, when we traded up to go get Dalvin Cook. So it'll depend on the player. I do know we have enough capital to be able to manipulate up and down on that board. We just gotta make sure, and that's what we're going through right now to finalize. You know, we went through the whole second round. Guys, I think are gonna be there in the second round, depending on what we take at the 14th pick, if we pick at the 14th slot, uh, and let's say we go whatever direction we go, 
and I see that most of the guys that we are targeting are going to be gone by the end of the second round, then we're probably going to have to be aggressive to move up in a second. I think we have enough draft capital to do that. With the seemingly record number of players uh, that uh, have headed back versus like the record low number of players available in this draft, um, does that change how you value late round picks and future picks when you're making these decisions? Like does Brzezinski change the way that he values those trades? Uh, we, we, that's what we're going through right now. Um, like I said, when you get into those sixth and seventh rounds, you have to look at the depth at each position. So if I've got, you know, exaggerating, 100 guys from the fifth round through college for agency that are going to be available, and at another position I only have three or four more guys, we would lean to the position that we think we may have a tough time signing a college free agent, knowing that I have a lot more volume on that other position. So it, it varies each year. I think it'll be different this year. Last year, the philosophy was that's our college free agency. So let's get as many picks as we can so we don't have to do it virtually. Uh, this year, uh, we will be in the building. Uh, we're one of the teams that will be uh, all vaccinated. So we will not have masks on there. I will have my scouting staff in a bullpen that will be masked. But this year, we don't have to work in chat rooms like we did last year, especially during college free agency. Each position had their own individual chat room. This year will be a little bit more normalized where the scout and the coach can work together as long as they're following the COVID protocol in the building, which we definitely will do. Uh, and so to get back to that a little bit more, but uh, to your question, it, a lot of it depends on with the less volume of players in this draft, there's going to be a lot less talent in college free agency. So you have to really try to strategize how you're going to approach it. All right, guys. Well, the debate is quality or quantity. We know quantity is what we have done in years past. 15 picks last year, which broke a Super Bowl era record for the Vikings. We took a lot of players, guys. Gabe, we interviewed every single one of them uh, via FaceTime at the beginning of the pandemic. So uh, that's my first question. After hearing that clip, Gabe, what is your biggest takeaway? Is it quality or quantity? I think the 2020 draft was quantity. It was supposed to be quantity because there were so many unknowns. There were so many guys that um, that were free agents. Of course, we had three cornerbacks that, that left. So quantity was the, the most important thing in the 2020 draft because you wanted to get those guys up to speed. Quality this year is the most important because uh, like, like we talked about, there's probably only 700 guys that uh, got agents this year for the draft, which is a, a record low. So the fact that you don't know the quality of guys in the later rounds of the draft, I think you trade up or you trade back or you try to figure out who can we get in those first three rounds uh, compared to, all right, let's, let's load up on picks in day three. I feel like now you're, you're, you're trying to get the best player available in the early rounds, and then you're setting yourself up for next year. Right now the Vikings only have five draft picks next year, so you, you probably don't need all four fourth-rounders. You can probably trade back and maybe get a third-rounder for next year. We don't have a third-rounder next year. And you could use that capital to get a quality player, a guy that you've – you know, maybe had your eye on this entire offseason that may fall to the second or third round. We know Rick Spillman, he's not he's not going to wait 64 picks 
to to pick from the first round to the third round. Like there's a pretty good chance he will he will trade up, and I think this is the perfect year to do so. You know, spend some of that draft capital and get the guys that you actually want compared to hey, let's see what these you know, undrafted free agents look like and, you know, play the guessing game then. So, yeah, quality, quality is is the route that I'm going for the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, really interesting points you bring up, Gabe. I mean, you mentioned the 64 picks. That's the distance from the number 14 overall pick in the first round that the Vikings currently have to the third round pick at number 78 overall. There is no second round pick um, with the trade uh, for Unique Ngakwe early in the season when we acquired him. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Vikings do. We know a lot of teams at the beginning of the draft have that quarterback need. So as many quarterbacks that go one, two, three, four, five, that's how many good skill players at whatever other position the Vikings are looking for fall down to where we are at number 14. So it'll be really interesting to see whether we trade up at that pick or we trade one of those four fourth-round draft picks uh, for a second-round pick, Jay. And and that just brings up up my question to you. You've seen the trades year in and year out from Rick Spielman. I think he's really tried to accumulate more picks in previous rounds. So do you think he makes a trade kind of to get one of those, maybe a second-round pick or move up in the third round? Like, what do you think his his mindset is going into this to, into this year's draft? The thing about watching Rick is he is aggressive when he feels like there's somebody there that can really be a difference maker. You know, I remember him going in and drafting Teddy Bridgewater at pick number 32, moving back into the first round when that was something that we really wanted and really needed. And, you know, Zimmer was looking at Teddy as his future quarterback for the rest of his career at the time. Um, it just feels like in years past when everyone's been complaining and saying, why are we trading picks for next year? Why are we accumulating this stuff? Why aren't we being aggressive and going up and getting some of these other players that the public likes and knows about? It's for situations like this where, yeah, you you traded for an Ngakwe at the beginning of the season when you were trying to, to fill some holes when things started to get sideways, but you start looking at it now and, and you've got eight picks between rounds three and five that you can do some movement up and down the board. You can trade them back or you can move forward to get a second round pick. So in order to to do this kind of stuff on an annual basis, he's trying to be aggressive in a smart way. And that's where sometimes you trade back if you have a bunch of players that can fall to you and you're happy with any of them. Or in a situation like this where maybe it's a third of the talent pool that they would normally have on an annual basis, they can go ahead and now take some of these pieces and try and move up. So I think if you move up into the second round, I don't think it's the end of us making any trades and moves to move up and down this board and accumulate more picks. But I do feel like if they feel the front end of this draft is going to have some talent drop out and then say it's you know rounds four on are going to be a little dicey. I could see them being more aggressive this year than years past. So hopefully for those fans that always complain that we never move up and never get aggressive, uh, this might be a year that's a little bit different for them. (laughs) Yeah, definitely an interesting topic. We talk about it later on in the show with uh, Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune. I know Courtney Cronin of ESPN also wrote a very interesting article on this. I'd go check that out. Uh, Because she has some inside information as well. So uh, it is the topic of the Vikings draft, to say the least. But uh, one of the statements that also stood out to me by Rick Spielman in that press conference was when he literally said, there is no position that is out of the question when when we are drafting. Uh, 
I think he was referencing a quarterback question that happened before that. I don't want to speculate, but that was the question that was asked right before um, he made that that remark. So when you hear something like that, Gabe, what do you think he's? Do you think he's planting a seed for other teams to say, you know what, you never know who we're going to draft at number fourteen, or d- does he really mean we? There is no position that is out of the question in this draft. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think you you have to look at the best player available on the board at that moment. But, I mean, if we're being honest, personally, I highly doubt Rick will draft a, a quarterback at 14. Um, I, I just don't see – I just can't see that happening with Kirk having two years left on his deal. And, I mean, unless we want to be like the Packers last year where we know we have a need, but we draft a quarterback instead, um, I, I think Rick will make a, a, a very – informed decision about who wants to select that 14 but there there's there's really no position off limits to be completely honest I do think the quarterback position is something that we addressed I think the the linebacker position is a position that we addressed we, we signed Xavier Woods this offseason like we we don't need another start in free safety but I do think there's a, a chance that we do draft another free safety I mean you want to have depth uh, when it comes to cornerback probably not so much when it comes to D tackle probably not so much but you never know because every position is I mean it's fair game at this point, but Rick, you know he's he's playing his game. You, you know he he wants to make sure that if uh, a Mac Jones or somebody falls to him, and the Vikings if they don't need a quarterback, but a team does, he he wants to put the pressure on other teams and basically say like, hey, I'm going to draft him. How much you how much are you willing to give to get the player that we're about to select? And Rick Rick is a he he's a he's a wizard when it comes to things like that. This is a table with 32 seats playing poker for a long, (laughs) long weekend. And none of these guys want to tip their hand as much as they can. There's always the wild card pick. There's always something out of left field. There's always the, you know, the Raiders picking rugs early, you know, versus what everyone else has players pegged on the board. And that's the thing. These guys have like formulas and they've got lists and they've got what they think everyone's going to do. But what's really fun at, at times is when you are in that draft room and you see something out of left field hit and you see everybody just kind of look at each other like, what the heck just happened? But it's always that's the fun part of the draft, because as much as the public goes crazy, even internally, they think they know what's going to happen. And when those wild cards hit, man, it it's a fun dynamic to listen to. And sometimes just really awkward when it's like, you know, shoot, we just missed our guy because somebody else jumped up and grabbed him. I love the poker analogy, Jay. I, I'm, I'm waiting for Rick Spielman to wear a pair of sunglasses to his yep. to his press car. I don't know why he hasn't thought of that yet because I know that suits exactly how he feels. Because Dalvin <laughs> Cook still has them. Dalvin Cook is still wearing them from his, his 200-yard game. Exactly. I think he's got to take a, a page out of Dalvin Cook's book. Um, I know Justin – we can start calling him Rick Moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it's it's definitely interesting to hear when you hear a statement like that, where he's like, "We're going to take any position available." Uh, that that is definitely interesting um, to think about what he means by that, what he's hinting by that, or what he's trying to hint by that when he's looking at other GMs. Jay, go ahead. My very first draft was Adrian Peterson at number seven. Like I literally took the job, and a month later. I was standing at the Vikings draft party shooting the crowd. Adrian Peterson was supposed to be the number one pick. And it was consensus. He was the best player in the draft. He was coming out, but the medical stuff hit. And he slid to seven and we picked him. And I just remember like we had to get past, I think it was Cleveland, had the four pick or something. I know um um 
Dennis Green, when when he was coaching as well, he, uh, he was the the hurdle in Arizona. And when Cleveland, I think, took Joe Thomas, and then Arizona, um, I can't remember who it was. Like, when they picked them, we all looked at each other and were like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen because the fifth and sixth pick were already had their running backs. And when Adrian Peterson's name got read, we were just like, what happened? And that was my introduction to the chaos of the draft. So like anything can happen. Yes, we're at 14. We're kind of in no man's land, but everyone's speculating all these quarterbacks are going to go. And all of a sudden, what happens if at four you get a pits or a wide receiver that gets pulled off the board, fruit basket upset and everything goes nuts. Jay, since you're showing your age of, you know, you got here when Adrian Peterson got drafted, which was the same draft that Jamarcus Russell was drafted number one overall. What are the chances you think the Vikings will make a surprise decision with the 14th overall pick? See, my my question is, is what's going to happen if all of a sudden a couple of those top two offensive linemen slide to like eight, nine, ten mm. now? For the wild card for me, I have people asking me, I mean, we all get it. We all get texts from people. We're getting tweets. We're getting emails and stuff. And everyone's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it's all speculation. As of right now, you know, we're still sitting on the outside watching to see what they decide. I think that the crazy pick is, yeah, what happens if Trey Lance or or a, a uh, Fields falls to you at a 14, mm-hmm. kind of like Aaron Rodgers fell, you know, into the 20s when he was supposed to be a number one or number two pick. Like, how do you pass that up? Right. Do you pass that up and, and jump back four or five positions, let a Patriots jump up and try to grab a quarterback? Or do you say, listen, we got two years for sure on, on Kirk's deal, but this is this is the the heir apparent and waiting, and he can learn from him and learn from Kubiak's system. So, like, that's why I truly feel when he says things like, nothing is off the table. There is nothing off the table, especially when it comes to the quarterback position which the last time we took a big gamble on something like that was a Teddy Bridgewater. And it it was working until the horrific accident that he had. And from that point forward, you know, we had to try to find different people to fill that position. And now we're with Kirk Cousins. And great, but you're always looking for the future, just like the Packers did last year. We all kind of laughed and made fun of them saying you need a wide out. But who knows, you might have another Hall of Fame quarterback for a decade waiting in the wings if and when they decide that they're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So if that's something that is in our in our, our options or in our wheelhouse moving forward, how do you pass that up? Well, you talk about Teddy Bridgewater, and I think George Payton was a part of selecting him 32nd overall. Now Teddy Bridgewater just got traded to the Broncos. So I feel like he's got a, a big a big thing to do with that. And I mean, we know Rick said that he wants to know what uh, George Payton is doing. So now we know. Yeah, and then you have Chris Spielman, Rick Spielman's yep. brother, over with the Detroit Lions, who are also <laughs> right there. So, I mean, between the three of them, the connections that are there, I mean, the the right-hand man of Rick Spielman being with the Denver Broncos and then literally his best friend being with the Detroit Lions, there are a lot of connections all around the league, uh, and certainly people are, are uh, – it's going to be interesting to see. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, that's why there's so much speculation. That's why there's so many mock drafts out there, and we are just excited to actually see what happens. That's why the night before the draft is always a, a fun one to chat, um, analyze what, what we think is going to happen, and, and look forward um, to one of the most exciting nights on the NFL calendar. So the Vikings are currently slated with 10 picks in this year's draft, a first-round pick at number 14 overall, two third-round picks Four fourth-round picks, 
two fifth round picks and a sixth round pick. So definitely interesting um, to see what the Vikings are going to do. If they're going to fill that spot in the second round, if they're going to trade some picks up uh, to move up with that first round pick. I am just so excited for what is going to happen um, heading into Thursday night. But with that, we have a ton of content at the Vikings Entertainment Network that we have prepared for you from happy hours to games on the Vikings mobile app. So we are going to run through the Vikings fan guide uh, to monitor the 2021 draft weekend with the Vikings Entertainment Network. And with that, I'm going to start with Gabe to tee up the Vikings Draft Happy Hour presented by Miller Lite. Yeah, so I will be hosting that alongside Ron Johnson. We'll both be inside of TCO Studios, and we'll be joined by Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Ben Lieber and Pete Bursich. Us five will be on pretty much the entire time, but there will be some current and former Vikings players joining. And I'm talking about, you know, Kirk Cousins, um, your Dalvin Tomlinson's, Michael Pierce's, Chris Young, country singer. He'll be there. We'll we'll it's just going to be a lot of fun. We'll we'll have a lot of content, a lot of great conversations uh, surrounding that event. It'll be one hour. So, guys, grab your Miller Lite, get on your couch, eat some popcorn, and enjoy the show. What better way to prepare an hour before um, all the content kicks off, uh, before the broadcast kicks off? And yeah, definitely going to be a fun event. I remember how fun it was last year seeing guys like Brian Robinson and Nate Burleson uh, join the show. It was it was just an awesome show. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, another cool experience for the Vikings is the Vikings IQ presented by Pepsi. It's an interactive, free-to-play social gaming experience through the Vikings app. Again, it's called Vikings IQ, and fans will have the opportunity to make real-time draft predictions and also socialize with other Vikings fans to win some prizes presented by Pepsi. Uh, also, there's going to be awesome draft coverage, live press conferences streamed on all the Vikings platforms, players, coaches, executives. Everybody will be connecting with you Vikings fans um, throughout the event. And also, we're going to have articles from our team of writers, Eric Smith, Lindsey Young, Craig Peters. Uh, they, they put together articles as fast as they can uh, throughout each night, and we get them posted for you on the Vikings platform, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, we're going to have some conference calls and audio uh, as well as some photo galleries on the Vikings platforms of all of the picks throughout the draft. Follow us on all social media platforms, the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I know the Instagram content has really stepped up in years past, and we've gotten Rick to really do a quick reaction uh, of every pick throughout the draft. So stay tuned on the Vikings Instagram page especially. And, of course, all of our digital platforms, vikings.com, the app, the YouTube channel, which we will be streaming on as well, and the connected TV app, Vikings Now. And then, of course, the audio content can be found on the iHeartRadio app as well as the Vikings app. Um, definitely check out the Vikings.com draft tracker. I personally will be updating that with all of the content throughout the night. That is presented by Thomson Reuters. Uh, stay up to date on all of the Vikings content on the Vikings draft tracker. That will be really fun to track as well. There is also a Miller Lite virtual meet and greet uh, with Eric Kendricks, Jay. 
Yeah, it looks like uh, Miller Lite is going to be selecting 50 winners through their Enter to Win promotion with local retail locations. So those winners are going to get a Miller Lite prize pack and a virtual meet and greet with current Vikings player Eric Kendricks. Um, He's always fun and interesting to talk to. And I'm sure with everybody uh, being able to win a prize like this through Miller Lite, it's going to be a special event and special night. So thank you to Miller Lite for, for being willing to put on the Miller Lite virtual meet and greet with Eric Kendricks this weekend. There will also be an AR experience um, with the first-round draft pick presented by U.S. Bank. I know Alex Worley of the Vikings Entertainment Network has been tasked uh, with this job, our social content producer, so uh, that will be a really cool experience. Fans can purchase the jersey of the Vikings' first-round draft pick through the Vikings' locker room store and will receive that exclusive AR content uh, from that player. So really interesting experience you will get there from our friends at U.S. Bank. Also, the Thompson Reuters draft room, uh, they present the Vikings draft room, which we will bring you inside all weekend. We will have calls to our players, uh, calls to the picks, calls from our position coaches to those draft picks. All of that content is some of the most exclusive content you can get anywhere uh, throughout the Vikings draft weekend, so stay tuned for that. And the Bose Draft Communication is what I'm talking about. Uh, Bose has partnered with the Minnesota Vikings to provide the football operations staff with quiet, comfort earbuds for their draft communication needs. So uh, thanks to our friends at Bose for helping make that content happen. And finally, as we go through all this content, the Minnesota Vikings podcast that you are currently listening to is presented by our good friends at High V, and we will have a recap every single night, late at night, Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson, alongside producer Jay Nelson, myself, we have Ben Lieber joining a show, uh, Ron Johnson from Fox 9 will be joining us, and of course all the reporters from Vikings.com, Eric Smith, Lindsey Young, uh, we have the whole crew joining to recap each night. Um, from the draft. So I am really excited. I know we went through a lot of content there, but thank you again to our good friends at High V for sponsoring the Minnesota Vikings podcast. They have made this all possible for you fans. Make sure to maximize your draft weekend and shopping experience by earning fuel savings, exclusive monthly deals, free grocery delivery, two-hour express pickup, and your very own personal shopper. Sign up for a High V Plus membership today at HiV.com. All right, guys, now it's time to listen to our interview with Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune. Now we bring in this week's guest alongside Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson. It's Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune, covers the Vikings for multiple years now, does really good work for the team. And what better guest to have on the show? Just a few, I guess it's 24 hours um, before we the, the Vikings are getting ready to be on the clock at the number 14th overall pick. So with that, we welcome you into the show, Andrew. And, I mean, we're super excited. We were talking about it. Gabe and I have been like, this is our favorite time of the year, all the speculation in the world. I don't know as a reporter if you feel the same way. <laughs> well, sometimes it just gets to be a little, you know, it's going to be offensive lineman or pass rusher. And I can't wait to find out. I think that's just it. It's that we've been waiting for – so long at this point to find out what it's going to be. And, and it's, it is a fascinating time of year too, because they're in a good spot and uh, got a lot of options and flexibility. That's for sure. I know we're going to talk draft this entire conversation, but I got to ask you a question, non-draft related. I, I want to get your thoughts on the NFL expanding the eligible Jersey numbers for certain positions. Ooh. 
Yeah, I, I like that a lot. As a fan of Patrick Peterson wearing number seven, I like <laughs> it. I, I like it a lot. Um, I was disappointed to see Dalvin Cook wasn't making the switch, but as a veteran, I understand it. Uh, he's got some financial decisions he's got to make as well. Yeah. But uh, I don't get, yeah, I don't get guys like Tom Brady saying they don't like it. You know, this is this, it's fun. You know, it's it, it implements a new kind of thing to the game where I think these college kids can kind of hold on to their numbers as they come into the NFL and the NFL guys can kind of embrace their pasts. And it's just, it's cool. Who doesn't like to see a guy wearing, you know, number four scoring a touchdown as you know, when he runs like Dalvin cook does. Yeah. Ryan Clark just uh, put out a tweet earlier today and he said, I'll put a, it was basically along the lines pretty much every single college skill player is going to keep their Jersey number when they get to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. You got to bet on it and they're going to look good doing it too. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was talking to Justin Jefferson a few days ago and he was like, I'm not changing my number because what about all the fans who bought all my jersey the first year? So um, it's, I guess there's a few players like him and Dalvin who, who are just a year or a few years too early uh, when it comes to the number change. But um, Justin was last year's first round pick. This year we're at number 14 overall, and you started going through um, some of the position groups that are on the fans' mind. I know left tackle, offensive lineman, or edge rusher. I'm putting you in the seat right away here. If you are general manager Rick Spielman, what position group are you going with at number 14? Or I don't know, maybe you're trading back. Yeah, that's a tough. That's tough because we have to see how the first thirteen in front of them fall, and and really it's not even that. It's it's maybe the first five or ten. Um, if, if you're sitting there and Rashawn Slater, for instance, let's say he's slipping out of the top 10. What if he's at number 11? I mean, how are you not really hammering the table to try to get up there to go get somebody of that quality and just jumping a few spots to do it? Because you've got some offensive line needy teams in front of you as well. Um, and so I think it's just the flexibility they have is in the quarterbacks in this class. And really, it starts with that, too, because if these five quarterbacks that are considered first round picks, if they go ahead of them, it's just going to keep pushing this talent down the board. And so that's going to open up the possibilities. And like we talked about this, they've got the flexibility of you don't have to go O-line. Um, if I'm making the call, I probably do. But you don't, you don't have to do it, though, because this is a deep class. And if you really like some day two picks, Rick Spielman talked about it yesterday this week. He had said, look, we've got the ammunition to move back up into the second round. They've got two third round picks. They've got a bunch of fourths. You can potentially jump up and still keep your first round pick. And then just get a second round offensive lineman like they did with a Brian O'Neill a couple years ago. Um, the talent is there in this class to do the same thing. There are a lot of tall, athletic offensive tackles that the Vikings could nab if they don't do it with the 14th overall pick. Um, to me, though, I'm just curious to see who falls to them. And if I stay at 14 overall, my pick is maintained. It's going to be, I, I think it should be Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC because I just think in that range, He's the most likely to be there. I think he's the most – you hear guys like Daniel Jeremiah with the NFL Network say he's like the safest draft pick in this class in terms of offensive linemen. If you just want to have a sure piece on the offensive line, you go with a guy like that. Um, that sounds like music to the Vikings' ears, um, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think music to the Vikings' ears also is sign a left guard. If I mean, if you look at every single Vikings – comments on well pretty much every time we tweeted something out on our account every single comment is sign a sign a offensive guard and with that said with Elijah Vera Tucker as your 14th overall pick or if he falls and we still select him is he tackle is he guard is he right guard what are you thinking 
Well, the good thing is that he's played both at a high level. If you look back in 2019, he played very well for USC at left guard. And then they asked him to kick out to left tackle last year. And he played, according to the scouts and the analysts that you read, he played pretty well. And so that gives you that flexibility. Um, people much smarter than me about this class would say that he's more of a higher upside guard. And if you're the Vikings, though, you're, you're looking at the bigger picture and thinking, okay, um, is it possible that we go out and sign an Eric Fisher after the draft or a Mitchell Schwartz? Is it possible we can add a free agent tackle? I know Orlando Brown already got traded, but they've got these other options they could possibly go after at tackle too. Uh, but why not sign a guy that can do both for you and then just get him on the field and figure it out? It's not too unlike what they did with Ezra Cleveland last year where they got him into camp, figured out, hey, he likes to be in inside tighter spaces. Let's move him into guard. And he played pretty well once he got his feet under him. So I think you could do a similar thing and you don't have to commit and say on draft night, hey, this kid's going to be our left tackle of the future because you've got that flexibility. And, and when you've got a guy with the talent too, a Brian O'Neill, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I wouldn't discount his ability to move to left tackle if you need it and then train some kind of kid that could come in on the right side. Yeah, it's, it's going to be super interesting because Ezra Cleveland also played a ton of guard, but I a lot of people projected him as a tackle in this league. So a lot of switching around that could be done. Um, Andrew, Gabe and I play around on the pro football focus mock drafts like all the time. So when you're going through that draft and, and, you're, and you, you make a selection at number 14 and you have to wait all the way until 78 without that second round pick this year, how like – I feel like you just want to make a trade to get one pick in the middle of those two picks. Am I right with that, with that statement? Yeah. 14 to 78. That's, that's a long way. And it is, especially when you look at this draft class as a whole and you see that, look, there's a lot of solid players, a lot of good quality at some of these positions, offensive tackle, pass rusher. Um, but by the time you get to 78, it might be getting pretty thin. We might only be talking about a hundred, 125 kids who have really solid NFL upside in this class. You had about a thousand kids reportedly go back to school. And, and this, this draft pool is very small uh, considered or compared to previous ones. I think only 700 kids reportedly signed with agents. Mm -hmm. um, that's about a third of what it normally is. So when you got that, these fourth round picks, the Vikings have these fifth rounders, they're not worth as much as they would be in a normal year where the depth of the talent is greater. So with that, yeah, I, I think why not get rid of them this year? Be aggressive, move up, go get the talent that you want in the second round. It, you hear people talk about former scouts and analysts. They say if this is the year to have a smaller draft board, be really sure about maybe 75, 100 guys that you like, and then just be aggressive about going to get them because you can't really be sure about these sixth, seventh rounders, these college free agents. You weren't on campus uh, building rapports with their coaches, talking to those kids, seeing how they work. You weren't able to get as much information as you would in a normal year. And there's just not enough kids. So yeah, I would say, look, jump up, um, sell the farm. If you have to just in this draft class for that, I know they like their day three picks, but I would be able to part with some of them to, to move up in that second round. So I think with that said, do you think there will be, you know, more hesitance by the NFL GM selecting a guy that opted out of the 2020 season versus somebody who played? I don't, it really depends on the situation, right? Because we're talking about Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase. These guys didn't play a single snap in 2020, and they're not, they're going to stay top 10 picks. They are locked in. Um, but when you're talking about more, maybe these edge rushers or some of these defenders, I'm trying to think of some names, but there are certain guys that where you, you just needed to see more. You wanted to see more. 
Um, I've done some work on some of these FCS kids locally. Uh, Dylan Ray Dunst, the tackle out of North Dakota State, he played one game last year. Um, if he didn't have that senior bowl where he was named practice player of the week, there'd be some major questions about him. But because he went out there, he had that great all-star game. Um, he's projected as maybe a second round pick. The same isn't said, though, for Ellerson Smith, this, you know, um, northern Iowa uh, defensive end. Um, he gained 20 pounds since he last played a game. NFL teams have no idea what this kid can do. They've just seen a little senior bowl tape. So uh, there are going to be some big questions in terms of these lower level kids who they haven't got a lot of exposure to. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's definitely a different year compared to some of the others, uh, pandemic and everything um, included. But that brings up the question of the, the we were just talking about it, the quantity of draft picks versus quality of, of draft picks. Is this a year where you're leaning? I think you kind of said it already, but uh, we've been debating that this this entire show. Do you go with quality over quantity? We know Rick Spielman had the most picks in the Super Bowl era last year. So uh, how do you go and how do you think Rick is going to go in this draft? I think Rick kind of said it himself. And I know he doesn't say a whole lot in these pre-draft press conferences. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but he did say, look, last year we tried to use the seventh round as college free agency because the pandemic limited the access. We, didn't, we weren't going to be able to pair our defensive coach with the area scout to go after the guy we want as easily. So let's just draft him. And so that's what they did. They tried to acquire even more seventh rounders. And he said, this year's different. He wouldn't say how, but he just said, this year is different. And what, how I take that to mean is, is that it is quality over quantity. We, there isn't that kind of depth of talent in the same way. And nor should they feel like they really know a thousand kids. Because again, the pandemic limiting access to college campuses, no combine, the medical checks. There were 200 kids who didn't get medical checks in Indianapolis Wow. That, that's going to be a big thing. And so Rick said yesterday, we've been doing this telemedicine stuff that who, how reliable is that? There's still some of their checks that are coming in this week in terms of getting some of the medical checks in um, all these open questions about guys. They don't like open questions. They like to know what they're betting on. Yeah. And so with that said, yeah, I think they're going to have fewer players on the board and just say, look, we're going to go after these guys because we feel sure about them. And then I think Rick also actually said it. In his press conference, he said this college free agency is not going to be as competitive or as deep as we normally um, have it. So on, on the same, I'm, I'm going to keep it on Rick right now. When he says no player is off limits in the draft, who do you think he was referring to? Or what position do you think he's referring to? Well, he said that when he was asked about quarterback. And right. I, don't, I don't think you're going to find too many people that think they're really in the market for a first round quarterback. But if they're at 14 overall and one of those top five guys is still there, you certainly want other people to think you might be open to taking them and right. potentially trade up or trade and, back. Right. Well, that's what I mean. So, so have a quarterback needy team trade up into your spot so you can okay. trade back, okay. collect more ammunition, maybe a second round pick um, and, and do those kinds of things. And so when he says that that's GM speak for, I'm not going to show my hand of what we're not considering <laughs> because if there's a QB on the board, you want to make teams think you're considering everything. Um, and, and the Vikings are in a position to potentially trade back to, let's say, the Patriots, who might need to jump somebody. Do you see the Vikings taking a quarterback in this draft? And where do you see them taking a quarterback in this draft if you do? Yeah, I do not. Um, wow. Now, I'm, I'm only doing this based off of the history, though. This is no kind of sourced information or none of that. This is just speculation based off the history. Um, they don't do it. And, and, and this is a year where you have even less information about these kids. 
the last quarterback taken in the mid rounds or outside the first round before Nate Stanley last year uh, by the Vikings. Well, the, by the Vikings outside the first round was John David Booty. Oh, it was uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2008 fifth round outside the first round was the last quarterback that was taken. Then they took Nate Stanley last year at the very back end of the seventh. And Rick told you that was a free agent pick essentially. Um, they just don't use the capital on it. They don't use the resources on it. And I said this before, but if, if George Payton was the one holding them back, Maybe Rick goes ahead and does it, does it right now, but I don't think that was the case. I, I think they've got a philosophy about how they address backup quarterback. Kirk Cousins is under contract for two more years. Um, to me, that says, look, Sean Mannion's still a free agent. They can bring back Sean Mannion right after the draft, and it'll be the same quarterback room going into 2022 potentially, or 2021 potentially. So clearly the, the quarterback position isn't a sleeper pick that you're – I'm going to say the Vikings could select in the first four rounds. So who is a sleeper pick or a sleeper position that the Vikings could take in those first two to three or four rounds? Well, I wouldn't be shocked if it was a linebacker. Anthony Barr is a free agent after this year. And this linebacker class is somewhat deep, too, compared to other positions. You look at weaker positions like defensive tackle, like linebacker, there could be some options. And I'm not saying they're going to take Micah Parsons at 14 overall, but um, you look at their depth and it is un, it's inexperienced. It's unproven. Um, and I think another body there, another talented guy that maybe could step in alongside an Eric Kendricks, a Troy die in the future. Um, this isn't to say they can't re-sign Anthony Barr and keep him long-term, but I know Mike Zimmer likes his depth there and they've shown in the past they need it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked to see a linebacker taken right there because they just don't have a lot of options right now beyond 2021. I was reading a feature that you put together on Clint Kubiak uh, recently, and and you said there's more to the last name um, than than just Kubiak. He's he's a he's a new individual compared to his dad, and we know that uh, general manager Rick Spielman leans on these position coaches, these coordinators, to make decisions when drafting players. So, how do you think Clint will impact what happens um, on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to the draft? Yeah, that'll be interesting because he comes from a wide receiver background. That was where he got his start. However, when he was a wide receivers coach at Kansas, for instance, he was helping install their run game. Um, He's always kind of had this, um, I want to know everything. I want to know how it all works. I want to take the engine apart and I want to see all the pieces. Yeah. Um, So that doesn't pigeonhole him. I think people see his resume and they might think, oh, he might help bring a wide receiver in. Mm-hmm. This guy knows a lot more. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's got opinions about the offensive linemen they're looking at in the first round, who would fit the system that he's been helping run with his dad for so long. Um, and beyond that, just how he wants to adjust the system. I'm fascinated to see that too. But in terms of the draft, there's no limits offensively on what Clint could have an opinion on because this guy's been grinding and working at every position his entire way up. And you talk to people that he used to work with at all the stops from Texas A&M to Kansas to previous staffs in Minnesota in 2013. Um, they sing his praises that he really is, a, it's a cliche, but he's a student of the game in terms of he wants to know everything. And he doesn't just kind of sail on the fact of I'm a Kubiak. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to um, a former coach that worked with him in 2013. And he had said, look, I had that impression of him, of just this is going to be a golden child, um, kind of roll my eyes kind of thing. And within the first few weeks, that wears off because you just see him show up before you do. You see him still there in the building when you, when you leave. Um, that's a long way of saying that I don't think there's a limit of where Clint could kind of impact their draft. 
Yeah, I think you have to have that that skill set. I mean that that determination if you want to be an offensive coordinator to want to learn the entire grand scheme of the offense. And like you said, a, a wide receivers coach wanting to learn the run game. That says a lot. I mean, you, you don't hear many – I mean, many wide receiver coaches saying that. I mean, only time you want to learn about the run game is when you want your receivers to block. So when you want to learn about protections, that, that says a lot about the trajectory of your career. But speaking of trajectory, um, this Vikings team, we know they, they have 10 picks this draft, but how many picks away do this Vikings team need to make before they can actually make some noise in the postseason? Not that many. It's not. It's – the thing is – their future hangs so much on the current players returning on the health. It hangs so much on the development of Ezra Cleveland, Irv Smith. Um, they've got such a, they've, they've purposely been building this young core and trying to stay young. And last year was such a difficult transition year for them that I don't think they need to all of a sudden make home run hits first, second, third, fourth rounds to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps last year just nailing it out of the park on Justin Jefferson. You can move on from a Stefan Diggs then seamlessly, which just never happens in the NFL. Um, with that said though, they need to find a left tackle. I don't know who that is. And, and it could still be a free agent. It doesn't need to be a draft pick. Um, they need to find two new starters on the offensive line. I know they retain four of the five starters, but I, I think few people would think Dakota Dozier is a suitable option to just say, okay, we'll roll with him again. You need at least competition at that spot. Um, so to me, the focus is there. And then it's on the pass rusher. If Daniel Hunter's coming back healthy, you just need another guy to pair with him on the other side. Um, you have to trust that Mike Zimmer and this defensive coaching staff can do enough with Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, the blitz packages, um, adding the corners. Mackenzie Alexander was one of the best slot blitzers in the NFL when he was here. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of don't think about that, but he had the most sacks by a Vikings defensive back in history when he was here. And that's not because of necessarily him, but it's how the Vikings used him. And so with him stepping into that role, the pass rush is going to get a lot of help from a lot of places. Um, I do think one extra body, though, on that defensive end spot, that's going to help quite a bit. And so those we talk about the trenches ad nauseum about the Vikings, but that's really what it's about in this draft. And if you just get a little bit of help and you get a little bit of luck injury wise, I think really do think you can make some noise. Well, you heard it there from Andrew. I mean, the Vikings are just a few picks away. It will be so interesting to see where they go at number 14. And, Andrew, you called Clint uh, Kubiak a student of the game. I am i don't know about you, Gabe, but I think Andrew's a student of the game when I listen to him talk about a left tackle at North Dakota State. So uh, really, really interesting conversation. We appreciate you joining us um, just 24 hours before the draft, and we're really excited for tomorrow night. I'm sure you are as well. Absolutely, Chris, Gabe. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, guys, that was a really impressive interview with Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune. He's the, it's the first time we've had him on one of our shows, um, but I know he hosts an Access Vikings podcast with Ben Gessling, uh, who they'll be bringing that coverage all weekend long for the Star Tribune. They, they do a really good job covering the team. They've been around the team for years now. And like I said, check out that article uh, that Andrew Kramer put together on Clint Kubiak, a feature on the Vikings' new offensive coordinator. Really interesting read. You can catch that in the Star Tribune and on startribune.com. Definitely go check that out. But guys, the festivities are here. The draft will be underway very shortly by the time Vikings fans are listening to this show. All right, Jay, what are your final thoughts? 
like I said earlier in the show, this is this is kind of the anniversary for me of the the first big thing I did when I, I got my gig as a Vikings employee back in 2007. So this is always has a, a fun little milestone moment for me. Um, I'm always curious to see the chaos of it, the controlled chaos of it. Like, what is the first big surprise? What is who's the team that's going to make the crazy out of left field selection early in the draft? What kind of trading and movement's going to happen? What kind of dominoes are going to fall? Do we have five quarterbacks go in the first eight picks? Like, how is this going to play out? Because that is the fun part for me. That is the, it's the drama, the drama of this stuff. I, I'm one that when I watch my movies, I want stakes. I want to see some character you love out of left field that all of a sudden eats it. You're like, what just happened? You know, I want to see the chaos happened because that is what intrigues me on this stuff. And the NFL draft is one of the most high stakes drama showcases that this league has outside of playoff football. So for me, this is really fun because it's also the speculation. You just have the ability to look at all of the different players and every single team feels like they get better after draft weekend. So for me, it's, it's the revitalization of the organization and it's the beginning of the new season and the hopeful speculation that here we go playoff time and and let's make a run for the run for the ring so for me that's why i love the draft it's the beginning of the new for 2021 beginning of the new gabe what about you we we've gotten to this point we we probably recorded like 90 episodes talking about this one day and now this day is finally here so uh, like i'm i'm nervous i'm anxious i'm excited and I'm not even making the selection. So I can only imagine where Rick Spillman and those guys are feeling because their work is finally displayed. And, you know, we get to see how how they operated without a George Payton. And with that said, who who, who are they going to select? I mean, we got the number 14 spot. We've, we've heard Rick talk about what he can possibly do with it. Now it's kind of like Andrew Kramer said uh, before we started the interview. It's more so we get answers now instead of questions. I mean, everybody's been questioning what could the Vikings do? What should they do? What may they do? Now is what did they do? And we get to talk about what players are here, who's going to be the newest member of the Vikings, how are they going to fit into this roster? And, and man, I'm excited. I can go down a rabbit hole talking about a lot of these draft picks, but I'll, I'll save you guys the time. Uh, I'm sure my guy Ron Johnson will do that for us on draft night. Um, so I, I'm excited, man. I'm sure this will be um, a fun time for, for Rick and those guys, and I'm excited to see who these next guys will be. Um, come Sunday suiting up in the purple and gold. My final thought is, will the Vikings go offense or defense with that first pick, wherever it is, if it's traded up for, if it's traded back for, uh, I just want to see if the first pick is an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, which is just a, a little bold prediction from me on my end. So that is my final. I thought you were going to say quarterback Corso. Or it could be a flashy wide receiver like I was talking about all offseason. You never know, Gabe. You never know. But you can catch the last bit of speculation at 5.30 p.m. Central Time when Gabe and the crew will be hosting that happy hour by Miller Lite heading right into the broadcast on NFL Network at 6.30 p.m. Central Time when the draft kicks off. So thank you guys so much. This has been an awesome episode. I am so excited. And thanks again to our friends at High V uh, for, for just being with us all weekend long. And we are so excited. Happy NFL draft, everybody.